on SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. Good afternoon, welcome to the Sandful Show on SENSA. After round 13, the ladder has changed a little bit with the top of the table, Glenelg losing. There's a lot to get into. What is happening with Dan Menzel? Why isn't he part of the Sandfall anymore? I'm going to ask that. Um, but first of all, Mens, how are you? I'm going well, thanks, Walshie. Uh, I still am a part of him because I'm doing the SCN Sandfall show, which I love doing every Very week. political response. So let's get into the week in review because we, we've got to address what is happening with you. But we'll do this stuff first, okay? The Week in Review on the Sandfall Show. Your performance review It says more about me than you It's morally defeating and often misleading But this is the best we can do So here we go. What do you got for us? Yeah, so um, a couple of really good wins on the weekend. Sturt, uh, they got back to their winning ways, a 34-point win uh, kicking 17 goals in the first three quarters as well against South Adelaide. So they'll be wrapped with that result. The Eagles got a nice 11-point win over Norwood, which uh, hurts Norwood's chances of making finals. They had a really good run there with three wins on the trot. And the Doggies got over the line over West Adelaide at uh, High Sand Stadium there. So it's a good win there for the Dogs. Um, but the AFL teams, they are rolling at the moment, and uh, that will be one of the things I certainly like from the weekend. This is a watch this space when it comes to Adelaide and Port Adelaide in the Sandful because they're starting to make some changes now, forced changes, and they'll be moving around. What do they say? Moving around names on the whiteboard, whatever, or the magnets. Moving the magnets. They're moving the magnets. Um, So this is either going to heavily impact how Adelaide and Port Adelaide play but they've set themselves up for finals positions for both of them. Tyson Goldsack will speak to before the end of the show. Also, Tony Bamford, who is responsible for the next generation of kids coming through that are hopefully going to be drafted. All right, let's find out what you like, Dan Menzel. Yeah, what I liked was the AFL teams are setting the standard in this league at the moment. Glenelg have been amazing all year and Sturt have been really good, but the recent form is with both Port and the Crows. They've won four of their last five. And the thing in particular is their midfields. Crouch had 34 on the weekend, Schoenberg 29 and two, Haley 25. And for Port, Bonner had 32 and kicked two, Hugh Jackson 26 and kicked three. The Port Adelaide and Crows players at the moment are dominating in this league, which is bringing the standard up, which is great for the league. Ruffling a few feathers, as we like to say, too. <laughs> but as you said, it is certainly increasing that standard. And you wouldn't want to play an Adelaide at Adelaide Oval when it comes to finals. Going by their form last year in the final series, and um, after speaking to Mickey Godden last week, they want to win the flag. They do <laughs> want to win the flag. And again, it's predicated on the health of the AFL team, but uh, they will be there. Thereabouts, and we know that Adelaide will definitely be playing finals, and it looks like Port will too. We've gone from the positive to the negative right now. What didn't you like, men's? North Adelaide's offensive struggles. Now, they haven't kicked over 66 points in a game since round seven. That's six weeks ago, and to compound that, on the weekend, they kicked six goals, 17. They are struggling to put a score on the board and they're struggling to get goal kickers and and really hurt opposition sides, which is why their form has been patchy at best. They're still sitting fifth, but uh, they've got to fix up their offense. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Before we head to our first break and 
Well, men's going to the rest of the show. We've got your power rankings coming up. We've also got Tony Bamford, Tyson Goldsack, but it was Thursday of last week, I believe. I saw a post on social media um, being shared by so many people, and I was a bit surprised because we spent all day together every day last week, and we <laughs> love doing this, that Dan Mendel has announced his retirement from the Sandful effective immediately, and then... He played country footy on the weekend and jagged six goals in three and a half quarters, which wasn't too bad. So you're here, and this is the first time people are really going to hear from you, apart from you saying thank you on social media. So where can I go with this? Because I want you to be really careful how you answer this, because I know you're going to be respectful no matter what. But it's bizarre to me because it's mid-season. Normally people wait till the end of the year and you're not injured. So what's happening? Yeah, it's it's been a really tricky season for me and and last few weeks as well and uh I guess I've wanted to handle this the right way and and be respectful throughout and I told the playing group Wednesday night that I was finishing up Wednesday night and I then went and spoke with the coaches and the staff and just wanted to, um, I guess, give them a little bit of reasoning as to why that was happening mid-season, as you asked. and then, But also at the same time, thank everyone at the organisation and say, I've got some incredible memories that I'll never forget. I've won a premiership at the Eagles. Um, and so that's what will absolutely stick with me the most. Um, but at the same time, I'm disappointed with how things have sort of come to an end in this season and um, yeah it was only a couple of weeks ago that I even thought about a country football team and registering which I did just in time. Um, Was that a precautionary measure because you uh, played on the weekend but there's a cutoff when it comes to registering and you're allowed to do that so that's not something that you're doing like to be secretive you're doing it because that's what is that what happens if you get dropped from the reserves in the sample you got to go play local footy somewhere so you're just actually making sure you've got everything in order 100 percent. so 30th of june was the cutoff uh and so a lot of guys who yeah playing reserves footy and they're on the fringe they have the country team or a local team that they are aligned to and so I uh, I had a chat on uh, the Wednesday night, which I think was the 28th, so two days before the deadline, about where my career was at, and um, and I guess I sort of I just spoke with the coach about it and sort of said um, I've been dropped for a second time this season. I think my form's been pretty good of late. Uh, will I get back into the team? And and the sort of feedback was we're building for next season, and so the plans might go a bit differently. So. I, that was the first time I thought, okay, well, I better just sign with a team. And the club said, absolutely, just, yeah, that's a smart thing to do. And it went down that pathway. And, yeah, it is, unfortunately, um, sometimes players view one thing and coaches see it a different way. And that's sort of how this one's played out. Okay, so building for next season, the team is one game outside of the top five. So you're still in reach of the finals, which is, I say you, the, the team, Woodville West Torrens, which is um, – it's there. This is how close and even the competition is. But for you to make a decision like this, um, I can see the disappointment in your face and seeing you after games or coming into the studio here and going, mate, why, why are you playing reserves? And I have to ask, I asked you this question last week. I said, mate, have you done something off field or are you injured? Because... <laughs> You are the reigning Ken Farmer medalist, so you know how to kick goals and impact the team. I know that you're bitterly disappointed with that, and that must be something which you, you've dealt with a lot of resilience before, but I'm sure that it's been a really challenging few weeks to actually question your worth and why you aren't getting selected, and it would be very difficult to 
answer some of your teammates or former teammates when they're like, mate, why aren't you playing? And that, that's been one of the greatest struggles this year is I haven't had the answers. And I'm not sure there has been that many there. And um, this is hard to talk about because I want to be respectful with all of this. And mm. um, not everyone agrees with um, you on certain things. And that's completely fine in the football landscape. I'm well aware of that. I've been through situations before. Um, and so that's where it's been such a challenging season for me because I have had so many people asking me what is going on. Have I done something like you've asked me? Um and the answer is no, I haven't. Um, I did. Uh, I, I am confident and do believe in myself. But I mean, there's some stats here in front of me that I've got on the screen that I've seen is obviously kicked 51 goals last year, and no one in our team kicked more than uh, more than 13, no more than 15. Sorry, Zane Williams, and he left halfway through the year. Um, so that that's probably the disappointing thing for me was that. Um, I know I definitely still have it and, and I have, and I've showed that over the last six weeks, I think in the different teams I've played in. So, um, it is tough to talk about and it is disappointing and, and I'm trying to find a real balance here. I've had a lot of people and journalists actually message me or ring me and I'm like, I don't really, I, I want to sort of speak about it in this forum and go from there. Cause I don't need it to be, um, holding anyone back or causing anything, which, it's part of the reason why I thought, okay, it probably is the right decision to move on now too because I don't need people at the club asking these questions and then it impacting the rest of the group and guys questioning where the hope or belief is and how they're going and how I'm going. So I, I wanted to sort of remove myself from the situation and mentally, um, I guess, relax and just enjoy life and enjoy footy. Okay, so I've got two more questions for you, and I appreciate how honest you've been, and you have been extremely respectful, which is awesome because people always remember how you handle an exit. They don't remember how you started. Um, if you didn't retire, do you think you would have played seniors again this season or it was pretty, pretty clear that you were going to just bounce around the twos until the end of the season, if that? Oh, my my plans uh, only a few weeks ago were to play in the twos and play good enough footy to get back in to the league okay. team. Um, that was absolutely the plans. And uh, and again, we're, we're in contention of finals and the boys still are now and I, I hope they make it this year. Um, but I was under the impression that that was not going to come this year. So yeah. I guess um, I didn't want to, one, get frustrated myself, but also two, Again, be around the club and guys be flat or disappointed for different reasons. And, um, and yeah, and I understand how things can end up and whatnot. So I decided to remove myself from that situation and, and just enjoy footy and enjoy um, everything about it. Because at the end of the day, footy is meant to be fun. It's not meant to be stressful. There are parts of it that are, but um, that's what I really wanted to do for the rest of this season. And finally, you've retired. Does that mean you are done with the Sandful or could you do a Mel Michael and retire <laughs> short term and receive some phone calls in the off season? Because how old are you? Like 31 or something? 31. Um, it is a weird one because I, I don't, well, I don't feel like I've retired because I played on the weekend at Pathway. Um, so I guess what I'm really excited for is I'm so excited for the rest of this season and next year. I've got a real... I feel re-energized, to be honest. Um, and you've got a little one on the way, mate. You're gonna. I feel you're going to actually refine that love for playing footy again. Yeah. So a lot of people do. Yeah, 100%. And so I'm looking at what next year looks like in a playing coaching capacity uh, somewhere around Adelaide 
or in South Australia in the state um, and and going to enjoy my time at Pathway this year and see what comes next year and, and really just take on all the possibilities and the opportunities. Um, have my engagement on the weekend, got a little one the way, as you mentioned. So there's plenty happening off-field. I love doing things like this and developing my business. So I'm, I'm so positive about what's to come. Um, but I think at, at times, um, yeah, you can lose sight of things and hope can sort of go and you can question and doubt yourself. And it depends on what situation you're in. And look, at the end of the day, um, rightly or wrongly, uh, I believed I still could play some good footy this year. And, and not everyone maybe believes that same thing, which is okay. And that I'm okay with that as well. Um, and so that's why I want this handled the right way and I want to try and handle it the right way as okay, well. Okay, if you want men's playing for your club next year, 04, <laughs> I'm going to put his number <laughs> in. not do this. Gun for hire. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sam for league. Thank you for doing that, mate. It's important. There's a lot of people listening that um, wanted to hear from you in your perspective, sometimes I think in the the written form, it's pretty hard to translate when it comes to tone and context. But I think you've been honest, you've been vulnerable and you've been pretty transparent with, with your position and, um, Equally, uh, equally, I don't think is a word. Um, <laughs> equally so, I think uh, Jade and uh, the coaching staff at Woodville West Torrens would also have their views on what's transpired. So we've got to give them the respect they deserve as well because they haven't Absolutely. had a right of reply at this point in time. So we respect, um, as you have, you've respected their decisions and um, where the club's at at the moment. So thank you for doing that. Uh, we are going to move on with the Sandful Show. Tony Bamford next. If you wanted to get involved, don't worry. You can always do that you can share this podcast or what you're listening to on SEN right now on the socials as well. It is the Sandful Show on SENSA. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Jared Walsh and Dan Menzel joining you where we are focusing on everything Sandful, Sandful W and the future of South Australian footy. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League and men's. It is time to talk national championships because there's been a lot of familiar names wearing that red Guernsey for the first time that um, in a few years we'll look back and go, hey, I remember watching these kids in the national championships. We go to our state under 18s coach. Tony Bamford, Tony, thanks for joining us. Um, mixed results for our South Australian team, but there's certainly a lot of names we're going to be talking about in the future. It's an exciting time of the year. Post-nationals, when everyone starts talking about uh, the future of talent here in SA. So, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, things are happening, which is uh, pleasing. It is pleasing, Bangers. So, thanks for joining us. Um, I just want to talk about the results. So, uh, a couple of losses and a really good win against Vic Country, 15-4-94 to 11-9-75. Uh, Tyler Welsh, uh, we alluded to there, kicked five in that one. Jack Delane, four. Just uh, a couple of the names for guys that potentially might go in this season's upcoming draft. Uh, g'day, men. Um, well, there's a few. That, there's still a fair bit of footy to be played out uh, this year, and um, I do want to stress that uh, it's not just national performances that gets people drafted. It's a combination of performances across, well, pretty much two and a half years, really, um, 16, 17, 18 years of age. So something that we really do emphasise to the players that while the champs are an exciting time and, and, and um, a privilege to be a part of, it's not the be-all and end-all of players um, um, in terms of draftability. But as you said, we had a really good win against Big Country over there and... Um, in Melbourne for our third game, which is a really good response for our 
by our players after a disappointing performance against Vic Metro the week before. It was good for us to get across to Melbourne and, and experience a travelling campaign and um, and get to work against a really a really good big country side. So that was a, probably well, easily the highlight of our under-18 program. In terms of draftable talent, um, the obvious ones are the national players. So these are the guys who have been in the national program for um, a couple of years now. Ash Moyer, um, Will Patton, Kane McAuliffe and Jack Deline are the four boys who have been in amongst that uh, group of figures, 28 to 30 players in the national group this year. So those guys um, have been considered to be draftable for a couple of years now. Um, you can chuck in blokes like... Um, Bowie Ryan and Will McCabe, they both had really good nationals and have been playing well for the sample clubs. Um, then there's a, a guy who's come from a fair way, a fair way back. He wasn't even playing SNFL football last year, and that's Big Taylor Goad, who's 207 centimetres. Ruckman down at South Adelaide and Westminster College. So there's a few names there that I'm sure April clubs will be doing some work on now. Tony, can I ask a question about the the two players a lot of people are focusing on, and that is Tyler Welsh and and Sid Draper. The the reason I ask that is because, obviously, Tyler's father had um, a pretty illustrious AFL career and Sid's brother's in the system. Do you find that, that these players come with a little bit more preparation from knowing what it takes to be an elite footballer, no matter how you can kick a ball, it's more so starting to get your mindset, your diet, your preparation really starting early as a player? Um, yeah, you could probably argue a case that that would, uh, that would be true for those two players, but we also need to give a, a lot of credit to the sample clubs and the programs that they come through. Um, obviously, Welshie at the Eagles and, and Sid down at uh, South Adelaide, but both those clubs run the exceptional Centre of Excellence program, so they get a lot of education around how to be elite and be a high-performance player around nutrition and goal-setting at that level as well. So, um, yeah, but obviously having a father that played uh, in the system and, and, and Sid having an older brother, Arlo, who's currently going through the system, certainly would have been an advantage as well. Um, but it's not the be-all and end-all. No, but I'm glad you said that too because Sid getting an opportunity to play with South in the league team, and we know, and we're, we're biased when we say it, but also there's a lot of fact behind it that it's the the elite competition behind the AFL. So to actually get time playing in the league gets their, their body and their mind prepared to be playing amongst men. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Walshy, and that's something that um, we sell strongly to our players in the pathway is um, AFL is... A, is the end result if you're good enough, but uh, you really should be aiming to play league football at your sample clubs as the first and foremost goal. Um, and we're seeing Sid experience some of that some of that now. At the start of the year, we had some other players. Will Patton played league football. Um, uh, Alex Holt's really, really close to playing league football at Sturt at the moment. So there's, we'd, we'd be really thrilled if we could get a couple of more players post-nationals to get into the league team like Sid's done. So, Bangers, just on that, I want to know your thoughts on this because I think it's varied across the league. Is thoughts on under-18s playing in the under-18s league compared to reserves and league? Do you think that it can potentially stifle uh, development if they are maybe put up too soon or, conversely, the other way around? No, it's a good question, Men's, and it's something that we've spoken about uh, a lot um, in my six years in this job, and I... And I experienced it a bit down at uh, South Adelaide before I came to work for the sample. When is the right time to promote a player to a higher level? And 
Um, look, it's different for every single player. You can't just have a blanket rule. And it's something that um, uh, that I spoke to Brad Gotch a lot about when I was down working with Gotch at South Adelaide. And, and essentially my philosophy is this. If the player uh, is not being challenged anymore at under-18 football and he's got to a level where the game has become a little bit easy for him, then it's a, it's probably the right time to sort of reinvigorate the learning and challenge him at a higher level. Having said that, um, we we are really big and strong about these elite junior under-18s. If they do get promoted to a higher level, then um, we'd love to see them playing in the role that they're best suited to, not not just sitting in a forward pocket or a back pocket or playing outside mid if they're inside mid. We, we do prefer and encourage the sample clubs to play them where they've got a chance to show what they're good at. Um, but they're one of the best things about the sample competition is that our boys, our young men get a chance to go to a higher level in one year where that doesn't happen in the Victorian States and it's uh, certainly an advantage for our players and I know that there's some AFL recruiters who spend a lot of time over here in the sample in the second half of the year watching players play at a higher level because they don't get the, ch- the chance to look at the Victorians doing the same thing so we're really lucky that uh, we have a great state league comp here in the sample for our players to do that. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask, the Allies won the Carnival this year. Why were they so strong? It's it's not something that we've seen necessarily in the past. And is it something that might potentially continue moving forward? Yeah, they're an amazing team. Um, I, had a, I had a sense coming into the Nationals this year that they were going to be pretty good, having experienced uh, some time with some of those boys last year at under-17 level in the AFL uh, national program. But uh, yeah, you make a good point. The, the academy systems that uh, that the Suns have got going, the Lions, the Giants and the Swans, uh, they're accelerating very, very well and, and are, tracking, um, are tracking along the right pathway. They certainly get funded really well by the AFL um, and it's something that we as a state league are looking to try and replicate as best we can, but um, obviously with less funds than what those, what those states get. But... Uh, no, they uh, they were an exceptional side, and they'll probably get maybe I don't know six or seven plays out of the Allies in the top fifteen or twenty. So that that's never happened before. So it's a credit to those guys and those players for uh, putting together good programs and something that we hear in the sample and now have to try and replicate. So what happens now, Tony? Before we let you go, to to some of these players that are expected to be invited to the draft or want to go through that process, do, do any of them get shut down to make sure that their bodies are going to stay in peak condition like some other sports, or is it basically play until you can't play anymore because it's all experience leading up to what could happen? Uh, no, they'll keep playing. They'll um. They're, they're heavily invested in their sample clubs and, and their college programs. So if they're not injured, um, they'll keep playing and, and hopefully play well. Um, some of them will get invited to test at a national level in Melbourne uh, later on this year. They, they normally invite about 100 players across Australia to do those test, that testing. Um, and then there'll be a secondary testing day here in, in SA just for the, uh, the guys who are probably not... Um, uh, who, are, who aren't as lucky as the boys to get invited to Melbourne. That's normally about 20 to 25 players here in SA. That all happens in October. Um, but no, the players will play the seasons out uh, unless they've got an injury. I know that Will Patton 
uh, our captain has gone in to have shoulder surgery, so he won't play again this year. But the rest of the boys are still playing, and we hope they play finals and do well. Now, Bayers, just quickly to, before we finish and wrap up here, Harley Reid, is he, for you, a standout number one pick? <laughs> he's a special player, men. Um, okay. he, he probably, this, is, this sounds silly, but it, he, he probably had a, a better under-17 year than he did under-18. Uh, and not, that's not to say that he, this year his nationals weren't good. They were very good. Um, but his under-17 year was just next level, and that's why um, I guess people were touting him as number one sort of this time last year. Um, but, yeah, he, he's he's the best player in the draft from what I've seen, and, and I'd say Jed Walter, the key forward from the Allies, would be second best. Interesting. Big call. Tony Bamford, thank you so much for your time on the Sample Show. Good on you, boys. Happy to help. Hey, always good Thanks, to speak Bangers. with someone taking care of the next crop of South Australian talent. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Men, at what age did you start preparing to go through the process of hopefully being drafted? How young are these kids now making sure their diet's right, weights, training, and going through everything? I feel like it gets younger every year. Yeah, it does. And uh, now that the Sandful clubs are putting some really good programs in place, for me, it was probably under 15s with development squad uh, really kicking off, and then you you're looking at back then. For me, it was under 17s and 19s. Now we have under 16s and 18s. So, I think kids that are in the under 16 set up at Sample Clubs as a bottom ager, their under 15 year is where they really it's really starting to get serious. And okay, this is what we need to do so that you can make the under 16 team, the under 16 state squad. And go from there. But um, it can all happen pretty quickly. I didn't think I was going to get drafted until after my state championships in my under-18 year. The Port Adelaide Football Club are flying at the moment after a shaky start to the season. Tyson Goldsack, their head coach, will speak to next on the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Dan Menzel, Jared Walsh in Studio Lumo for the Sandful Show on this Wednesday afternoon. Men's, it has been a brilliant couple of weeks for the Port Adelaide Football Club. At the start of the season, we're asking the question of whether they were a chance of making finals and after a big win over the weekend. They're sitting in fourth on the table at the moment with the development of some players pleasing, I'm sure, their coach Tyson Goldsack. Good afternoon to you Tyson mate it's been a really good few weeks for the club yeah hey guys um yeah it has it's, it's actually the year itself has been quite pleasing um the games that we've lost we've been in all of them maybe bar the Sturt game early in the year um but yeah like I said the last three weeks have been really solid and consistent for us so you're looking to keep following that trend hopefully so Tyson what's been the improvement this year that's been obvious compared to last season where you're in and out of games and obviously didn't push for the finals. Uh, it's been a massive improvement. Where is it in your eyes? Yeah, it's it's hard to kind of put it on one thing. I mean, obviously, yeah, from an AFL list perspective, we've been quite healthy, um, which we know helps. Um, but then I think our, you know, our Magpies listed players have been really good for us, really consistent, uh, filling a number of roles that we've needed you know, for any given week. So... Um, I think that, that really helps that we can call on now you know, 10, 12 Magpie listed players and, and we know that they're going to do their job. 
Having a look at some of those AFL-listed players, is it as simplistic as saying a successful AFL team will certainly help the Sandful team with um, the result against North over the weekend, Orazio Fantasia kicking three goals, Quinton Narkel finding his way back into the team, and Francis Evans having an impact alongside Riley Bonner. I mean, these boys want to be playing AFL, but it's a hard team to crack into, which I'm sure means good things for you and also the, the overall club. Yeah, it does. It, um, it certainly spurs on you know, players to want to perform um, week in, week out at, at Magpies level to try and yeah, push their case. Um, we've got guys, so Jackson Mead played on the weekend in the AFL and Jace Burgoyne went in, and that was on the back of some, some good sample footy. So I think if you start rewarding guys for their performances with us um, in the AFL team, that it, it kind of shows everyone else that you know, they're a chance too. And you, know, you have guys like Hugh Jackson who... Last year was really just finding his feet, um, and this year he's, he's been quite dominant for us. Uh, kicked three in the weekend and, and had a lot of the ball. So, yeah, guys like that, which yeah, may not have you know, been um, you know, in in the mix or even in yeah, in those talking points to, to get a game, and now yeah, pushing their case. So we know that development will be key for you as the year goes on. But is finals now the absolute goal, and uh, what the Port Adelaide Sample team will be looking at this season? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's the absolute goal for majority of the players, or you know, not majority, but a handful of players. I think their their ultimate goal is to play AFL um, and play AFL finals. But for us, it's, there's no reason why we can't put finals as a, an aspiration for us. You know, we if we have guys that are going to play with us, play really well to try and push their case in the AFL, well, they're going to play good footy for us. So we're kind of going down a, a two-pronged attack where it's, you know, let's let's play your way um, to give you the best chance to play AFL, but at the same time, do the right things by the team and, and we'll push our case for, for SNFL finals. Tyson, I reckon you've got one of the most important jobs at the club, talking from an AFL point of view, because you not only need to manage the expectations of of Ken and his coaching staff, you need to manage the expectations of the individual players who are trying to get into the AFL side, but also manage the expectations of the Magpies who want to be successful as a team. So how have you found this season personally and also professionally as you continue to develop? Yeah, it's, it's certainly a balancing act. Um, there's no two ways about it. There's, you know, early in the year, we, we, know, the, we know the development um, push for, for players and we know that we, we're here to try and develop them into quality AFL players. So that goes without saying. You know, the, the guys that train day in, day out with the AFL team, they want to play AFL. Um, and we get that. But then it's just trying to create an environment, if you will, um, where they come back to make players to play, that you know, we're there to support them, we're there to give them what they need from a AFL perspective. Um, so if we talk a, a Riley Bonner, for example, on the weekend, you know, he's disappointed to come and play with the Magpies, and I get that. Um, but I just, I just want him to be in a frame of mind where he can play his best footy. You know, and we can certainly help him out in that space, but at the same time, we need him to buy into what we're trying to create at the Magpies, and, and that's a successful brand. Um, that's a consistent way of football, um, and, and hopefully winning as, along the way if we can do that. So, yeah, like I said, there's a lot of balancing going on, and I'm certainly not the only guy down there, so we've got... Hamish Hartlett and Matt Lobey, um, Cam Sutcliffe, you know, all helping out and, and helping these guys you know, ultimately kind of find their dream of playing AFL footy on a consistent basis. So there's some really good names there that you mentioned that are trying to implement the game plan that will come down from the AFL level. So 
I guess, Tyce, the question I've got for you is how much goes into the opposition at sample level in terms of the way you guys want to play and negating the opposition? Now, your next three weeks, you take on the top three teams. You play Sturt this week into the showdown against the Crows and Glenelg the following week. So how much is the Port Adelaide AFL team game plan and how much goes into negating opposition sample teams? Yeah, there's, so the game plan is is very similar to that of the AFL. Um, you know, sometimes you might have to tweak it with, with personnel changes. Um, but there's there's no reason why we wouldn't do enough scouting to know what, what we're coming up against. So, you know, with the AFL game plan, there's tweaks you can make depending on who you play. Um, and you'd see that from week to week in the AFL level. Um, and ours is no different. So we go and we do our, our homework on the team we're playing against, um, just like any other team would do. Um, and we can make small changes. Now, what, what we can't change every time is where players play. You know, so we might think we're better off with someone at half back rather than on a wing or inside mid, but they're the changes that we're, we're a little bit hamstrung on. Um, but the way we attack the game um, and the way we want to move the footy or you know, set up a stoppage, we can still make those you know, small changes depending on who we play. Uh, just before we let you go, Alberton Oval is going through a redevelopment at the moment. Um, on SENSA Breakfast this morning, we had a chat to Ollie Wines about the lights going up. I mean, uh, from a, a Port Adelaide point of view, I'm sure it's exciting to actually have the facility continuing to develop and for those players to not only have the opportunity to play under lights, but also what it's going to look like at the end of the year to really help them off field too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot going on down at Alberton. So if you haven't been down there, guys, I suggest you get down and check out the precinct and all the, the museum there. It's it's a pretty nice place. Um, there's lots to see with a lot of history, but when you talk about the lights, we're obviously we're without lights for maybe six to eight weeks. Um, so from a Magpies perspective, that was that was pretty tough trying to find venues to train and still develop. Um, obviously, you can't pull our guys out earlier because they have work commitments. Um, but we we got through it. Uh, we went out to Scotch a few times and trained with them. So we we found a way to continue to you know, develop and train and find a way to get better. Um, and now we've got the lights are all sorted and we we get to train at night, which the AFL are doing tonight actually. So it should be a pretty good night. And yeah, it's just nice to change things up and have that. I guess the facilities there to to accommodate us. Well, Tyson, you've got the Port Adelaide sample team humming at the moment, so continue that and all the best with the rest of the season, and thanks for joining us on the Sample Show. Very good, guys. Thanks very much. Very good player in his own right as well. Premiership player with Collingwood, 165 games, and then making his way over to South Australia in the rookie draft. A lot of people forgot as well through the uh, the, the COVID times and then following on from that, he came over to Port Adelaide as a rookie yeah. to be selected for the power if they needed him and then ended up moving into the Sandful, played 10 games for the Maggies. And now the head coach, that was Tyson Goldsack. Fierce rivalries, nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. More after this. On SENSA, welcome to the Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. My goodness, it has been an action-packed afternoon of Sandful Show. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the Host Plus Sandful League. You miss Tony Bamford and Tyson Goldsack and, of course, Dan Menzel opening up about his surprise retirement to say the least um you can have a listen to the podcast which, which will drop at the conclusion of this men's let's head into power rankings all right what do you got for us this afternoon yes yeah, so at number 10 
West Adelaide stays there. They missed an opportunity against Centrals at home on the weekend. They were leading at three-quarter time, but unfortunately another missed opportunity for the Bloods. Disappointing. Let's continue moving through your power rankings at number nine. At number nine, it's South Adelaide moving down a ranking. Mm. Now, again, they have conceded a heavy score early in games. They This time it was 106 points they had scored against them at three-quarter time. Mm by the double blues. It's a concern for the Panthers. Uh, mathematically still a chance to make the finals, but they're, they're leaking too, ma- too many goals. At number eight. Number eight, it is the Eagles moving up one spot. It was a really solid win at home for them, and now they're only one game out of the five. Um, it's amazing to think what could have been this year for the Eagles. Like it, it, They still can play finals. At number seven. At number seven, it is Norwood. I've moved them down a spot. It's a bad loss to the Eagles, Mm. but on recent form, one, they should have won, and two, they have been one of the best teams in the comp. So I couldn't put them too low. Um, Now, the issue for them is finals looks like it might be too far away. Yeah, it's those bottom four teams that are really going to struggle now. At number six, we're up to six, aren't we? I'm not very good with that. We are at number six, and it's Central's moving up the spot. I always get some feedback from a few Central's fans, so they'll be wrapped that I've moving them up. They love you. To number six on the table, uh, it's their first win away from home this season, which was ultra important to keep them in touch with the top five. At number five. Number five is North Adelaide. Their loss to Port keeps them vulnerable of missing the five. You still feel like the firepower they have, they should make finals. Okay, so the top four becomes very interesting. Dan Menzel, what do you got? At number four, it is Port Adelaide. They stay at number four. They've got some very good players Mm. in their team at the moment. And I think I can safely say this. For the first time this year, you can say there is four strong teams in the competition. I agree. The the weekend's results have solidified that because they were, again, unpredictable. Can we just have a predictable season, please? Give us your top three. That's a great word, solidified. Top three. Thank you. It's the first time I've said it. Number three <laughs> is Sturt. The Double Blues, their offense was back on the weekend. They kicked 106 points in the first three quarters. They're doing enough at the moment. They're thereabouts. Okay. So you're top two. Number two, I have kept Adelaide at Ooh, number two. Uh, they're the giant killers, mate. They lost to Glenelg by two points and then knocked them off on the weekend uh, by 20 points. By times at the Bay, they have every right to be the number one team on the power rankings. The only reason I didn't put them at number one is Glenelg have won 11 games in a row leading into this matchup. Yeah, but they lost, mate. They did lose. Uh, have a look at yourself. Right now, the Crows are probably winning it. I like the feedback from you, though, because we can't have everyone agree with everything, as we mentioned earlier in the show. Uh, But I think what will happen is the Crows have lost or have dropped four games this season. So are you saying that Adelaide need to win their next 10 games in a row to move up to number one on the power rankings? Absolutely not. You're cooked, mate. Absolutely not. I want to see Adelaide win uh, the next couple of games and do it convincingly. And Glenelg, if they are not looking the same, Adelaide will absolutely move up to number one. Okay, I need your tips very quickly. So Glenelg, are they beating West Adelaide this weekend at Stratorama? They are. They are the number one team in the power rankings and they will beat West Adelaide at home. North and Norwood? Uh, this is a tough one to pick. Oh, I think Norwood's form's good. I'm going to back Norwood. This is at Prospect on Saturday, 210X Convenience Oval. Surprise, surprise, Saturday, 210. It's the Doggies and the Panthers. I was at X Convenience Oval yesterday just having a look at training in the team. I was actually at the Bowls Club next door, and I thought it was a swimming pool because it's blue. I was going to say, you weren't there for footy purposes, were you? No. 
<laughs> well, let's get on to the footy purposes. South Adelaide Central's South play well at uh, uh, ex-convenience, but Central's form there this year has been outstanding, so I'll go the dogs. Port Adelaide and the Double Blues are playing at Alberton on Sunday, 110. This is going to be a great matchup. Mm. Uh, I think Port might lose a few or potentially not get back so many from the AFL side, so I'm going to go the Double Blues. And the Eagles and Adelaide, another home game for the Eagles because they missed out on so many at the start of the season. Morn team Kia Oval, 2.10 p.m. on Sunday. Yeah, Adelaide's form is as good as anyone in the league, so they will be too strong. Well, obviously not as good as Glenelg's form because they're not top of the power <laughs> rankings, but that's okay. We'll let that one slide until next week. Men's, thanks for being so honest today. Hopefully you have enjoyed the Sandful show this afternoon. Fierce rivalries. Nothing beats the host plus Sandful League. Enjoy the footy. Catch your men's. Thanks, Walshie.